Hello and welcome to this Endo Life, episode 131. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. As always, I want to thank our first sponsor today, BU. These guys are the makers of the incredible period patches that I love and also a beautiful organic CBD range, menstrual cup and chafing cream. And they really are one of the pioneers of natural and really quite revolutionary period care, in my opinion. I have seen these period patches change people's experience of their periods so dramatically and their experience of endometriosis so dramatically. And they are really one of the first things that I recommend to my clients if my clients are going through a flare-up or it's taken a while for their symptoms to calm down and for us to implement changes. I still want to provide my clients with something that's going to provide relief, you know, in that current moment. And I always recommend BU period patches because I just believe in them so much and they have helped me so much and they're natural. And it's just when you are so commonly faced with all of these different drugs that can have side effects, um, they have their place, but sometimes you just want a more uh, side effect free option. So um, I absolutely love these patches. They've been helping me through a interstitial cystitis flare-up that I've been going through recently. You can find out all about that on Instagram. Um, and if you want to try the BU patches for yourself, you can just head to the link in my show notes or go straight to their website, which is buonline.co.uk. So that's b-e-y-o-u-online.co.uk. If you are in the US or in Canada, you can actually also order your BU patches from Cult Beauty and they will ship to the US or to Canada. So that's cultbeauty.co.uk. Let me know how you get on with them. Hi guys, I hope you are all well. I'm on day five of the Elemental Diet for SIBO. I have, I did a poll on Instagram this week asking you guys if you wanted me to share my experience and um, 99% of you did. So that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks and I'm really excited to share with you how it's been because I think it's, if you're going to do the elemental diet for SIBO, then it's really helpful to hear someone else's experience and journey and tips. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. And yeah, it's been really interesting. It's been challenging but I feel like I've had a bit of a this is day five a bit of a breakthrough my energy is improving so um yeah it'd be interesting to see what else happens so today is another clip from the supplement module from my course live and thrive with endo and as some of you may know excruciating pain heavy bleeding nausea and vomiting are all symptoms that many people with endometriosis suffer with. You may even be one of those people. And they're symptoms that a lot of my clients come to me with. And so when we're working together, of course, first and foremost, I always like to work on nutrition and lifestyle changes first and to get to the root problem, root cause of the problems. But there are supplements that have been proven to be really effective for menstrual problems like heavy menstrual bleeding and period pain and nausea. So I included these in my course. They're not 
endospecific. So like last week, we focused on endospecific supplements. These are supplements specifically for primary dysmenorrhea and the associated symptoms. So I would advise that you listen to both of these episodes, so last week's episode and this one, because some of the supplements from last week are endospecific, so they've been shown to target endospecifically, but they've also been shown to help with period pain and nausea and vomiting and other menstrual symptoms. So they're not included in today's episode because I included them in the endospecific one. So it'd just be good to listen to them together to kind of get a full picture. And you you guys heard me say this last week, but I just want to make it clear that I believe in using diet and lifestyle changes first and then using supplements later. So we're not kind of just chucking supplements at the problem um, and spending a lot of money without really getting to the root cause. But if a client is really struggling in the beginning with their symptoms, you know, to the point where they can't even really consider making changes because they're just in so much pain, then I do bring in supplements earlier. Um, And I've just seen such wonderful results with these supplements, especially ginger. I mean, ginger, I just think is a wonder herb, a wonder spice. But my point is, you know, they shouldn't be used in isolation, but rather in tandem with healthy habits that support you to live well with endo. Like I did last week, this is obviously the same, um, this is from the same module of the course. And I distinguish between studies on animals or in vitro in contrast to studies on humans. And of course, if the supplements haven't yet been tested on humans, then we can't be sure that they're going to have the same effect. But it's this is the information we have so far, and that's what I want to provide you with. So you have all of the information, you can make informed decisions. Um, and they're promising, right? These are promising results. And also, I really want to make it clear that I don't advocate for research on animals, animal testing. Um, And so this episode isn't about promoting and supporting animal testing, but it's rather just about sharing the information that we have so far. And obviously you guys know me and my ethics. So of course I don't support animal testing, but I'm just providing you with the research that we already have, but I'm not advocating for it or supporting it. But unfortunately at the moment, this this is the bulk of what we have. So I'm going to kick off with um, a disclaimer. You heard it last week. It's the same disclaimer. I just want to kind of reiterate all of those bits and pieces because they're important. Um, And then we'll dive into the episode. It's a nice short episode. So hopefully it's easy to digest and easy to take on board. And all of the research is linked in the show notes. I hope you enjoy it. So before we get started, I just wanted to share a quick disclaimer as supplements can occasionally come with side effects and health risks. So as outlined in the agreement you signed when you enrolled in the course, you should consult with your doctor before starting a a new supplement regime. And this is especially important if you're on medication as some supplements can change how the medication works. So just be aware of that. It may also be important to get tested first before taking some of these supplements, like for example, with vitamin D and iron. I'll mention this in the slide if it's necessary, though I do generally recommend getting your levels tested either way. And of course, consulting your doctor is even more important when trying to conceive or you're pregnant, as some supplements aren't safe during conception and pregnancy. Finally, as you're aware, I'm not a dietitian or medical professional. These practitioners are licensed to give specific prescriptive doses to individuals, whereas I'm not. 
Instead, these are general yet therapeutic doses, which essentially means they're effective for the specific issues that I highlight them as useful for in this lesson. They're provided to you for educational purposes with the intention that you will then discuss these with your doctor or the practitioner you're working with before beginning. These doses are either from the studies, from my training or from other practitioners and are generally safe to use. If there are any risks, I have highlighted them in the slides, but these are general risks, not risks associated to pregnancy or conception. So again, if you're trying to conceive or you're pregnant, please go and speak to your doctor first. Finally, you've probably heard the phrase that you can't out supplement a bad diet or lifestyle. And it's especially true with a chronic condition. You're not going to reap the full benefits of these supplements if your diet choices and lifestyle are standing in direct opposition to them. I do think supplements play a role with endometriosis, especially as gut health issues, deficiencies, high inflammatory markers and low antioxidant markers are factors we see in our population, but they need to be alongside healthy choices. So keep that in mind as we go through this lesson today. So now let's move on to some supplements which have been shown to be effective for period pain and associated symptoms like nausea and vomiting. Okay, so you know I'm a major fan of magnesium and here's why. Magnesium supports healthy estrogen metabolism. It supports blood sugar stability by improving insulin sensitivity. It lowers inflammation by inhibiting inflammatory prostaglandins and lowering oxidation levels. It's been shown to reduce dysmenorrhea. It supports progesterone production by supporting processes involved in hormone regulation. It's been shown to reduce PMS symptoms and magnesium oxide and citrate can help to reduce constipation. Dose-wise, if you're looking to use magnesium citrate or oxide for constipation, Dr. Alison Seebecker recommends 500 milligrams to 200 milligrams per night, building up gradually until you get a healthy bowel movement the following morning, and then continue for maintenance or as needed. Don't go straight in at the higher dose as that will cause diarrhea. For pain, you can use 500 to 600 grams of Epsom salts two to three times a week for optimal absorption, or 150 milligrams to 450 milligrams a day of magnesium glycinate or magnesium L-ferronate. Some practitioners do use higher levels. In terms of duration, honestly, so many of us are deficient in magnesium that I think this should be an ongoing supplement, but for endopain, try using for a minimum of six months, though I do expect you'll see results much quicker. For blood sugar, the recommended dose is 150 milligrams to 200 milligrams of magnesium glycinate or L-ferronate two to three times per day. And you can use this ongoing. Okay, another one I love is ginger. Ginger has been shown to be just as effective as ibuprofen and methanamic acid for desmenorrhea. So if you're looking to get off NSAIDs, this could really help. It's also been shown in multiple other studies to reduce dysmenorrhea. Additionally, it's been shown in research to aid with nausea, and it's generally a wonderfully powerful anti-inflammatory and pain reliever demonstrated in numerous studies. Ginger can also aid with migraines and headaches and has shown to be just as effective as migraine medication when taken at a dose of 250 milligrams at the start of the migraine. Ginger is also a natural antihistamine, which has been shown to be just as effective as loratadine. 
Dose-wise, the recommendation for dysmenorrhea is between 750 milligrams to 2,000 milligrams per day, split into doses of around 250 to 500 milligrams in the lead up to your period and during the first three to four days of your cycle. If you wanted to lower inflammation overall for endo, Dr. Aviva Rom advises you could also take ginger daily for three to six months, at least, at 1,000 milligrams a day. So you could go higher as long as you didn't exceed 2,000 milligrams per day. I do just want to caution, if you have interstitial cystitis, ginger might be irritating for the bladder. Additionally, high doses in one go can cause stomach upset like diarrhea, so always take in divided doses and build up your doses to test your tolerance. Okay, cinnamon is another lovely supplement which can really help with periods. Cinnamon has been shown to significantly reduce heavy bleeding in people with primary dysmenorrhea. It has also been shown to significantly reduce nausea and vomiting during menstruation and significantly reduces pain with primary dysmenorrhea too. It's also very effective for balancing blood sugar by improving insulin sensitivity. The studies on cinnamon for dysmenorrhea used 420 milligrams three times a day or 1,000 milligrams three times a day during the first three days of the participants' cycles. The dose for blood sugar balance is 3,000 milligrams a day, divided into doses and taken with carbohydrate foods, though up to 6,000 has been used in the studies. This can be ongoing to support with blood sugar stabilization or short-term to help you get back on track with your blood sugar. Now, due to the oxalate and histamine levels of cinnamon, cinnamon may cause bladder irritation to those with interstitial cystitis. Cinnamon extract may be more beneficial because it significantly lowers the histamine and oxalate content, though it's unclear whether the studies use cinnamon extract or powder, but the extract still appears to be safe in these higher doses. Of course, consult your doctor and read the label recommendations. When choosing your supplement, look for Cylon cinnamon, not Cassia cinnamon, which contains toxic compounds that actually can be harmful at high doses. Also, if you have kidney stones, then you may need to adopt a low oxalate diet, so taking lots of cinnamon powder might not be the right option for you. Okay, so we all know that vitamin D is an essential nutrient. Low vitamin D levels have been associated with endo, chronic pain conditions, insulin resistance, and menstrual disorders such as PCOS. In research, vitamin D supplementation has been shown to significantly reduce pain with dysmenorrhea. It's also been shown to reduce premenstrual syndrome and the associated symptoms. So in my training, we're taught that a safe dose, a safe maintenance dose that you can take with normal vitamin D levels is 2000 IU though the Department of Health recommends a minimum of 400 IU a day. So you could start lower and build up or just stick to that level if you feel more comfortable dosing at the lower end. However, it's really only enough to avoid deficiency, but it's not really enough for optimal health. In terms of testing, a healthy optimum level of vitamin D is 50 nanograms per milliliter or near that number. If your levels are lower, then you'll need to increase your intake. 5,000 IU daily is a recommendation for low levels of vitamin D, but because of the risk of vitamin D toxicity, if you take too much, you should work with your doctor to agree on the required dose for you personally and retest between 60 to 90 days after beginning to supplement at these high levels. 
Once you're at a healthy range, you can drop back down to a maintenance dose. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in. So you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. So if you know you're due on, you might want to start wearing your period patch 24 hours beforehand just so that your muscles begin to relax and you're less likely to have really bad cramps. To find out more about BU, you can just head to link in my show notes or go to www.buonline.co.uk. This episode is also sponsored by my free endometriosis symptom tracker. If you kind of feel a bit overwhelmed by your pain and your symptoms and you really just don't know where to start with managing them, then tracking your symptoms over a couple of months or even just a month to see what your triggers might be could be really helpful. I've put together a free download that helps you track your pain, your mood, your brain fog, uh, your bloating, where you are in your cycle, your eating habits, your stress levels, so many different things um, in a really simple and effective way. If you'd like to try it out, um, obviously it's free, just head to the show notes, follow the link and you can get your own copy. Okay, so now let's look at some supplements which support hormones. There are a wide array of supplements that do this, so I've not included all of them, really more the ones that help us to support help us support the root problem of hormonal issues. So let's start with calcium deglucurate. Calcium deglucurate is a supplement which is very useful if you have high levels of beta-glucuronidase on your stool test. Research has found that gut dysbiosis of people with endometriosis may cause a high production of beta-glucuronidase, which is the enzyme which recycles estrogen and sends it back into the body. I've seen it elevated on probably about half the clients who get stool testing. Calcium deglucurate inhibits the production of beta-glucuronidase, making it very useful for estrogen dominance. You can test your levels with the GI map stool test, and I strongly recommend you only take this if your levels are elevated. The dose is 500 milligrams to 1,500 milligrams a day, and I suggest starting lower to observe your reaction and only increasing if you don't feel positive results. Now, interestingly, I have seen one case where a client who had really elevated levels of beta-glucuronidase had her period delayed by two weeks when she started supplementing. I spoke to a few colleagues, including Nicole Jardim, and while we can't be sure what happened, our assumption is perhaps her body had almost become reliant on beta-glucuronidase recycling the estrogen, and without as much, estrogen didn't reach its peak and ovulation was delayed. When her period didn't arrive, she stopped taking it, and then two weeks later her period came, indicating she ovulated after stopping supplementation. It was almost as if her body had to rewire itself to start making normal amounts of estrogen from the ovaries again. So then after her period, we started a lower dose and built up. Anyway, very interesting. So see how you go. Right, so now let's look at sulforaphane glucosinolate, otherwise known as SGS. SGS is an extract from cruciferous vegetables. 
it is the metabolite or otherwise known as you know end product that indole-free carbonyl is broken down into and you might remember that we discussed the benefits of cruciferous veg because of i3c in the detoxification model module this supplement can help with phase two liver detoxification and should only be taken if your Dutch test shows that estrogen is going down the unhealthy pathways when it's being broken down in the liver. If that's the case, start with SGS first and then move on to support phase one, which I'll explain in a moment. When it comes to supporting the, de the detoxification pathways with supplements, we don't want to get our livers working well only to dump a load of waste estrogen into the gut for it not to be cleared out properly. So first, begin with ensuring you're having daily bowel movements and if you can, get a GI map to check for elevated beta-glucuronidase and work on that first. Then support phase two with SGS, so that's working properly, and then move on to phase one. We don't want to get phase one working well if phase two can't handle it. If you can't afford testing, consult your doctor to ensure they're happy with you following this short-term supplement regime. But remember, you can't out-supplement a bad diet. So if you're down in a lot of coffee, alcohol and sugar, your liver is still going to be struggling. So try the simple diet and lifestyle suggestions I made in the detoxification module before jumping straight to the supplements. Okay, so the dose is 100 milligrams of SGS every other, every other day for 28 days. Next up is methane. This is another extract from cruciferous vegetables, which is another metabolite of I3C. It supports phase one of liver detoxification, so can again be helpful if estrogen is not being metabolized correctly by the liver. Once you've completed your 28-day supplement regime with SGS and you're noticing improvements in symptoms, Move on to DIM supplementation with a dose of 200 to 400 milligrams a day for 28 days. Now let's look at vitamin B6. Vitamin B6 supports healthy estrogen metabolism. It raises progesterone and has been shown to reduce PMS. Ideally, rather than isolating B6 in supplement form, we should take in combination with other B vitamins because multiple B vitamins are essential for overall hormone health and energy. So look for a B complex or a good level of B vitamins in your multivitamin. The dose is 100 milligrams a day, but Dr. Jolene Brighton uses 30 milligrams to 50 milligrams for low progesterone levels. If you're using this as part of a B complex or multivitamin, you can supplement with this daily as part of your general supplement regime. I also just want to make you aware that if you have IC, B vitamins can sometimes be irritating for the bladder, so you may have to do the oral spray and spit trick that I taught you with vitamin C. That's what I do and it really helps me to tolerate those vitamins. Finally, let's look at zinc. Zinc supports the immune function and is involved in multiple essential processes in the body. Low levels are associated with endometriosis and other conditions like hyperthyroidism. It's also been shown in studies to significantly reduce period pain. And it's also a powerful anti-inflammatory and antioxidant shown to lower levels of inflammatory markers in research. It additionally supports follicle development and ovulation, while deficiency has been linked to infertility. And finally, it also supports insulin sensitivity and stable blood sugar regulation. The recommended dose is 30 milligrams a day. 
If you're going to go higher, discuss this with your doctor first and consider taking with copper as high levels can deplete copper. Honestly, I have seen huge variation in the recommendations of when to bring copper in alongside zinc supplementation. Some experts say to bring it in at 25 milligrams, others say 30 milligrams, and some say 80 milligrams. So I would consult with your practitioner for personalized advice and they may check your blood levels first. Zinc is an essential nutrient and as long as you're supplement, supplementing responsibly and taking into account the risk of copper depletion, this can be part of your supplement regime, perhaps in an antioxidant formula. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. 